last books and boys we found out nothing hello 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 my fellow bookworms how are you beautiful people doing today y'all already know who it is and if you don't it's your new internet best friend nia phantom stick around for a little bit join the friend group all you got to do is follow the podcast before we get into what y'all came here for y'all can find me on instagram at the nia phantom and everything else at nia phantom n-i-a-p-h-a-n-t-o-m for the podcast it's 5w phantom on all social platforms business inquiries are handled through email and if you're interested 5wphantom at gmail.com is the address right as you know we're finishing up the house made by frida mcfadden chapters 45 to about 46 47 i can't really do too much today for one my throat really hurts and i can't beat myself up like that and for two this is like a filler so i'm trying to even it out as you guys know i do four chapters each books and boys for the most part and we're finishing up the book and i want it to be like even like four chapters each for the remainder of the book so i'll do like two to three today two most likely and we'll move like that before we get into that though trigger warnings for the housemate include gaslighting blackmail profanity torture violence murder and captivity if any of those things listed is going to tug at your mental please click off you feel me i'm stressing and i don't want you to be stressing so click off now going back to what we said in the beginning of this episode we learned nothing last books and boys absolutely nothing because it had us freaking out ourselves basically nina was locked in the attic same way millie is and it seems like andrew is the one who drugged nina and cecilia and tried to drown cecilia it's seeming like andrew is the one who did that but how nina is speaking about it is like she don't remember what she did she is still recovering from the attic seeing the whole attic shebang and she doesn't really know if she ended up drugging herself and cecilia and drowning cecilia i don't know how that's something you would forget but hey the way she's talking is like she actually did it she feels remorseful for doing it and all that good stuff so it's like well is it really good anyways the way she's talking is like she did it but then how she telling the story is like andrew did it and it's just a whole lot so in reality we found out nothing because it's too confusing so let's get to chapter 45 because we need to find out more all right 45 step five find out you're not crazy after all we'll take it slow andy promises me as we stand together at the door to the attic staircase but this will be good for you to see yourself that there's nothing there to be scared of that this was all completely in your head right i manage i know he's right but it felt so real andy takes my hand in his i don't cringe anymore when he touches me we started making love again i trust him again 
This will be the final step to getting back to where we were before I did this terrible thing. Before my brain broke. Ready? He says. I nod. We hold hands as we ascend the creaky staircase together. We need to put in a light bulb here somewhere. The rest of the house is so nice. Maybe if this entire area were less frightening, I would feel better. Not that it's any excuse for what I did. Far too soon, we reach the room in the attic. The starch closet that I somehow turned into a dungeon in my head. Andy raises his eyebrows at me. Are you okay? I I think so. He turns the doorknob and nudges the door open. The light is out and the room is pitch black, which is strange because there's a window and I know there's a full moon tonight. I had admired it from the bedroom window. I step inside, squinting into the shadows of the room. Andy, I swallow a lump in my throat. Can you turn the light on? Of course, sweetheart. He pulls on the cord for the lights and the room lights up, but it's not normal light. The light coming from overhead is almost blinding. It's super bright like nothing I've ever experienced before. I let go of Andy's hand and clasp my own hands over my eyes to block it out. And then I hear the sound of the door slamming shut. Y'all, ain't I say that from the last episode? I say they pushing this whole attic thing too much, but like they trying to force her to go to the attic. And I feel like Andrew about to do something. I did say that in the last books and boys. I say I feel like he trying to do something because why is he forcing it on us so much? Anyways, Andy, I call out. Andy, my eyes have adjusted to the super bright light just barely enough to be able to make out the contents of the room if I squint. And it's just as I remembered it. The dingy cot in the corner of the room, the closet with the bucket, the mini fridge that had contained three tiny bottles of water. Andy, I croak. I'm out here, Nina. His voice is muffled. Where? I grasp around blindly, still squinting. Where'd you go? My fingers make contact with the cold metal of the doorknob. I twist it to the right and... No. No. It can't be. Am I having another breakdown? Is this all in my head? It can't be. It feels so real. Nina? Andy's voice again. Can you hear me? I shield my eyes with my hand. It's so bright in here. Why is it so bright? Turn out the light. I grasp around until I find the cord for the lights. Then I give it a good tug. I feel a surge of relief as I'm plunged back into blackness. It lasts for about two seconds until I realize I'm completely blind in here. Your eyes will adjust a bit, he says, but it won't help much. I boarded up the window last week and put in new lights. If you turn off the light, the world will be pitch black. Turn it on and, well, those ultra bright light bulbs are pretty intense, huh? I close my eyes and see nothing but blackness. I open them and it's the exact same. No difference. My breathing quickens. Light is a privilege, Nina, he says. 
My mother has noticed before that you failed to turn off the light. Did you know in other countries there are people who don't even have electricity? And what do you do? You waste it. What the heck? But he is the one who... Bruh, nah. No. No. Anyways, I press my palm against the door. This is really happening, isn't it? What do you think? (laughs) I think you're a crazy, sick asshole. Andy laughs on the other side of the door. Maybe, but you were the one who was in a loony bin for trying to kill yourself and your daughter. The police saw you doing it. You admitted to having done it. And by the time they came here to check things out, this room looked exactly like a storage closet. It was real, I gasped. It was real the whole time. You... I wanted you to know what you're dealing with, his tone amused. He finds this entertaining. I wanted you to know what would happen if you tried to get away. I understand. I clear my throat. I swear to you, I won't leave. Just let me out of here. Not yet. First, you have to be disciplined for wasting electricity. The sound of those words bring back an overwhelming feeling of deja vu. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I sink to my knees. So here's how it's going to work, Nina, he says. Because I am such a nice guy, I'm giving you two choices. You can have the light bulb or you can have blackness. It's entirely up to you. Andy, please. Good night, Nina. We'll talk more tomorrow. Please, Andy, don't do this. Tears spring to my eyes as his footsteps fade away. Shouting won't make a difference. I know it because this exact same thing happened to me one year ago. He locked me in here the same way he has today. And somehow I've let him do it again. I imagine things unfolding the same way as last time. Emerging from this room, weak and groggy. Him making it seem like I was trying to hurt myself or worse, hurt Cecilia. Everyone will be so quick to believe his story after the last time. I imagined being wrenched away from my daughter again. I just got her back. I can't let that happen. I can't. I'll do anything. Once again, Andy has left three water bottles for me in the refrigerator. I decide to save them for the next day because it's all I'll get and I have no idea how long I'll be in here. I'm going to save them for when I can't stand it another minute, when my tongue starts to feel like it's made of sandpaper. The light situation is driving me completely crazy. There are two naked light bulbs on the ceiling and both of them are these ultra bright lights. If I turn on the light, it is agonizingly bright in here. But with them off, it's pitch black. I get the idea to push the dresser over below the light bulbs. And I climb up and manage to unscrew one of them. It's a little better with just a single light bulb, but still bright enough that I have to squint. Andy doesn't come back in the morning either. I sit in that room the entire day worrying about Cecilia. Wondering what the hell I'm going to do when and if I get out of here. But this isn't a delusion. This isn't a hallucination. This is really happening to me. I have to remember that. 
It's bedtime when I finally hear footsteps outside the room. I've been laying in bed, choosing the darkness option. When it was daylight, a few tiny cracks of sunlight had gotten through and I could almost make out the shadow of objects in the room. But now that the sun has gone down, it's pitch black again. Nina? I open my mouth, but my throat is too dry to say anything. I have to clear my throat. I'm here. I'm going to let you out. I wait for him to add, but not yet. But he doesn't. But first, he says, there are going to be some ground rules. Anything you say, just please let me out of here. For starters, you don't tell anyone what went on in this room. His voice is firm. You don't tell your friends. You don't tell your doctor. You don't tell anyone because nobody will believe you. And if you talk about it, it's just going to be a sign that you're having delusions again and poor Cecilia could be in danger. I stare into the blackness. Even though I knew what he was going to say, hearing it fills me with fury. How can he expect me not to talk about what he just did to me? Do you understand, Nina? Yes, I manage. Good. <laughs> I can almost imagine his satisfied smirk. Second, from time to time, if you need to be disciplined, that will take place in this room. Is he kidding me? No way. Forget it. I don't think you're in the position to negotiate, Nina. He snorts. I'm just telling you how it's going to be. You're my wife now, and I have very specific expectations. Really, it's for your own good. I taught you a valuable lesson about wasting electricity, didn't I? I gasp for air in the blackness. I feel like I'm choking. This is for you, Nina, he says. Look at the horrible choices you made in your life before I came along. You had a dead end, minimum wage job. You got knocked up by some loser who didn't stick around. I'm just trying to teach you how to be a better person. I wish I'd never met you, I spit out. That's not a very nice thing to say, he laughs. I guess I can't blame you. I'm impressed that you managed to unscrew one of those light bulbs, though. I didn't even think of that. You, how'd you know? I'm watching you, Nina. I'm always watching. I can hear him breathing behind the door. This is going to be our lives from now on. We will be a happily married couple like everyone else, and you will be the best wife in the entire neighborhood. I'll make sure of that. I press my fingers into my eyeballs, trying to extinguish the headache that's blooming in my temples. Do you understand, Nina? Tears prick at my eyes, but I can't cry. I'm too dehydrated. Nothing comes out. Do you understand, Nina? <laughs> wow. Chapter 46, y'all. The last chapter we could read for this episode. Chapter 46... Step six, try to live with it. Let's see how this one go. Y'all had a brat. I just, I just run up the stairs. Oh my gosh. Anyways, boom. I crack the window open in Suzanne's Audi so that the wind tussles my hair as she drives me home from our lunch date. We were supposed to be discussing PCA issues, but we got distracted and started gossiping. It's hard not to gossip. There are so many 
bored housewives in this town. People think I'm one of them. Yes, Andy and I have been married for seven years now. Ooh, that's been a long time. That's crazy. And he has kept every one of his promises. He has, in many ways, been a wonderful husband. He has supported me financially. What? Y'all, she, she, delud- she really delusional now. Anyways, he has supported me financially. He has been a father figure to Cecilia. He is even-tempered and agreeable. He doesn't drink heavily or mess around behind my back like so many other men in this town. He's almost perfect, and I hate his guts. I have done everything I possibly can to get out of this marriage. I bargained with him. I told him I would leave with just Cecilia and the clothing on my back, but he just laughed. With my history of mental health problems, it would be easy for him to tell the police I had kidnapped Cece and was going to hurt her again. I tried playing the part of the perfect wife, hoping not to give him an excuse to take me up to the attic. I cooked delicious homemade dinners, kept the house spotless, and even pretended not to be repulsed when we had sex. But he always found something, something I never would have even imagined I did wrong. Eventually, I gave up. I wasn't going to try to be nice if it didn't even affect how often he took me up there. My new strategy began to repel him. I started behaving like a shrew, snapping at him for every little thing that annoyed me. He didn't care. He almost seemed to enjoy the abuse. I stopped going to the gym and started eating whatever the hell I wanted, hoping if I couldn't turn him off with my behavior, I could turn him off with my appearance. On one occasion, he caught me indulging in a chocolate cake and he dragged me up to the attic and starved me for two days as a punishment? What the hell? But after that, he didn't seem to care anymore. I tried finding Kathleen, his former fiance, hoping she might back up my story so that I could finally go to the police without sounding like a crazy person. I had an idea of what she looked like and her approximate age. I thought I could find her. But do you know how many people roughly aged 30 to 35 have the name Kathleen? Quite a lot. I couldn't find her. I finally gave up trying. Y'all think Kathleen fake? Y'all think Kathleen, like, was a made-up person and this, like, his actual first wife? I'm thinking. Anyways, on average, he made me go up to the attic once every other month. Sometimes it's more frequent, sometimes less. Once, six months went by without a trip up there. I don't know if it's better or worse that I don't know when it's coming. It would be awful if I knew the exact day and had to dread it. But it's also awful to never know if I'll spend the night in my own bed or in that uncomfortable cot. And of course, I never know what sort of torture he's got waiting for me in the room because I never know what transgression I have committed. And it's not just me. If Cecilia does something unacceptable, I'm the one who gets punished. Oh my gosh. He has purchased a wardrobe of itchy, frilly dresses that she hates, that the other children make fun of her for wearing, but she knows if she doesn't wear them or gets them dirty, her mother will disappear for days. Likely naked to teach me clothing is a privilege. So she obeys. Y'all, Andrew, sick. We, we finding out, we finding out something. 
we finding out something y'all what the hell andrew get going on like i didn't know he was like this i thought nina was the crazy one but the roles have been reversed i'm scared that someday he will start punishing her instead but in the meantime i'm happy to accept my fate if he spares me my daughter and he's very clear that if i try to get away from him cecilia will pay the price he already almost drowned her his other favorite way to taunt me is keeping a jar of peanut butter in our pantry even though he knows that she's allergic i have thrown it away dozens of times and it always reappears and sometimes i get punished for the transgression thankfully it's not a life-threatening allergy she just breaks out in welts all over her body every once in a while he slips a little bit into her dinner just to prove a point when itchy uncomfortable rash sprouts after our meal has ended if i knew i wouldn't go to jail for it i would pick up a steak knife and drive it through his neck andy has prepared for that contingency though of course he knows that my temptation to arrange for his death or outright kill him myself might become overwhelming he's informed me that in the event of his death from any cause a letter will be sent from his attorney to the police department informing them of my unstable behavior and homicidal threats against him not that he needs to do it with my psychiatric history she over oh my gosh so i stay with him and i don't murder him in his sleep or hire a hitman but i do fantasize when cecilia is older when she doesn't need me maybe i could get away then he won't have a threat against me anymore once she is safe i don't care what happens to me here we are suzanne announces cheerfully as we pull up in front of the gate to our home Funny how the first time I saw those gates, I thought how charming it was to have a home with a gate surrounding it. Now, it seems like exactly what it is, a prison. Thanks for the ride, I say, even though she didn't thank me for paying for lunch. You're welcome, she chirps. Hopefully, Andrew will be home soon. I grimace at the tinge of worry in her voice. A few years ago when I was getting very close with Suzanne, we had a few too many drinks at her house and I confessed everything. Everything. I begged her to help me. I told her I wanted to go to the police, but I couldn't, not without anyone supporting me. We talked for hours. Suzanne held my hand and swore to me it was going to be okay. She told me to go home and we would figure this out together. I cried with relief, believing my nightmare was finally over. But when I got home, Andy was waiting for me. Apparently, every time I made a new friend, Andy sought out that friend. He sat down with them and clued them into my history of mental health problems. He told them what I had tried to do years earlier, and he told them if they had any reason for concern to call him immediately, because I might be having another episode. Unbeknownst to me, Suzanne had slipped away briefly during our conversation under the guise of needing the bathroom, and she called Andy. She warned him that I was having delusions again, so when I came home, he was ready for me. It was another two-month stay at Clearview, where I discovered at least one of the directors was a golfing buddy of his father. I said that. I said that last, see, last episode. I said that, bro. I said, bro, one of these, 
humans in this office have to know his mommy have to know him something and look at here look just look when i got out suzanne apologized profusely i was just worried about you nina i'm so glad you got help i forgave her of course she was tricked the same i sorry something y'all got it something got in my eye she was tricked the same way i was but it was never the same between us again after that and i was never able to trust anyone ever again so i'll see you friday right suzanne says at the school play sure i say what time does it start again suzanne doesn't answer me suddenly distracted by something y'all i am so sorry i keep getting interrupted by some form of noise clanking loud talking people moving like i just trying to get my episode out for y'all so if y'all hear my voice slowly going more grim than how i started it's because every time y'all hear a cut i had to stop hopefully y'all don't notice all that but bruh, it's frustrating it is does it start at seven i press her Mm-hmm, she says. I glance over her shoulder to see what has grabbed her attention. I roll my eyes when I figure it out. It's Enzo, the local landscaper who we hired to work on our yard a couple of months ago. He does a good job, always works hard, and never makes excuses. And he's admittedly pretty easy on the eyes, but it's crazy the way everyone who comes to our house when he's working slobbers over him and then suddenly remembers they have some work they need to do y'all i got stopped yet again and this really i i could leave this in there because i want y'all to know and understand that starting out a podcast or like having a podcast without a full-blown studio and stuff is not as easy as it looks so other people who you see just recording at the dinner table and all that stuff is not easy for new podcasters who ain't fully established like i said with a studio a lot is going on right now and it's pissing me off to say the least and i ain't gonna reread the chapters because i ain't gonna try fake my reaction and i that that ain't that ain't me i ain't gonna fake no reaction and i ain't gonna try to fake a reaction and i also ain't gonna put on like everything just going so amazing when it's not so i think i'm going to stop right here the chapter have a few paragraphs or whatever left but if i could read for y'all i feel like i want to read to the best of my abilities and that's why i say i was only doing two chapters in the first place because my throat ain't feeling too well and i still wanted to read to the best of my abilities so i would have read up until i couldn't go any further but y'all now i to a point where i just ain't feeling it no more and like i say i ain't gonna read to y'all that way my apologies for all of the stuff that's going on i'm going to continue where we left off in this episode in the next books and boys or i'm going to post the remainder of this chapter 
in like a part two. I feel like that don't make no sense. So I could just leave it for next week's books and boys. Again, I'm really sorry that I had to cut it off like this. Even now my throat's starting to hurt. Because I'm so irritated. And you know when you're so irritated that like your throat just start constricting and all. Like yeah, I going through it. (laughs) I going through it. I love y'all. Stay beautiful. Sorry to leave y'all on such. I mean, it ain't really too much of a cliffhanger. It's just Suzanne tripping out over Enzo. And that's really how the chapter is going to end. Because only, like I say, only a few paragraphs left or whatever. But even then, I feel like I can't read another line like this for y'all. Because I won't give it my all. So, see y'all or talk to y'all in the next episode, which is Sunday. I love y'all. And toodles. Oh boy, podcasting.